Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's, well, it's bi-weekly. So this episode <laughs> <laughs> of Life in the Raw with Troy and Danny, I'm Troy. And I am Danny. Um, I had a question for you. Dang, we just I started. I know, awesome. and that, but you shared with me of something that you wanted to share, but before mm-hmm. we get into that. Yeah. I did not go to work today, but you did. I sure did. <laughs> How was work? Today was a very long day, and I'm just, that's just being honest. It was just a very long day. And yes, I did semi-nap in the middle of the day before <laughs> I went to work. It was still a long day. Um, work was okay. It's, you know, wasn't anything crazy, nothing, you know magical happened um i have to ask you because i ask you every single time mm-hmm. are my residents okay? <laughs> <laughs> as far as i'm aware okay i didn't i didn't uh hear your floor partner set the world on fire okay. so they so seem then, fine so then everything is good yeah um but you know this is supposed to be my free week if you will uh-huh and Today was not a free day. Okay. And so it. Did you have your partner there? No. Okay, so that's He's why it off. wasn't a free day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my floor partner's off. Uh, the beginning of this week. He. D- I don't see him again till Wednesday. But. I, that, same resident is, the one that like mentally drains me, mm-hmm. and today was no exception. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was gonna kind of shy away from like talking about her or like talking about the residents in general just because you know i'm trying to respect you know privacy for that but as for like my experience with them and with her it is mentally draining Mm -hmm. um um but my floor partner today um lw she was fine Mm -hmm. um she was great Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, you know, it's, I enjoy when she's my floor partner because I know that I'm not having to worry about those residents. I'm right. solid in that, you know, she's, she is a great nurse. Right. Um, but, you know, she, she was with me today. Right. So it wasn't, the shift was fine. It was just dealing with that one. That one. Um, but she, you know, just likes to, Mm-hmm. manipulate the system and mm-hmm. it's just really bad dealing with it but overall the shift was fine okay. um i did actually get to take a dinner break that sometimes doesn't happen but you I didn't call me i sat alone in our break room you didn't call me eating my sad soup you didn't call me waiting for the uh time to pass you so i could <laughs> come home and yeah. See you guys, but um, yeah. Otherwise, it was it was okay. Nothing like I said. Nothing major going on. That's um, good. Yeah. I um told my mom today about the podcast. Oh man, and what she said. She seemed very excited about okay, it. Cool. She seemed really like cool. happy, Supportive, and I told I hope. yes, and mm-hmm. I think something that she said that really kind of confirmed any type of reservations that i had yeah was i mentioned what 
what we would be talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I mentioned that um, a big part of this is not just therapeutic for the both of us, but in Mm -hmm. hopes it gives other people, like shed light to them that they're not alone. And we would be sharing traumas and stuff along the way. And I kind of told her about that. And I was like, you know, my phone is always open. So if you ever are listening and you have any concerns about anything that I am sharing, please call me. Yeah, Um, like my did my dad did today. Right, and then I and then I told her that, you know, because I'm sharing a lot of personal stuff that I probably haven't shared with her because Mm -hmm. I I am a private person, Mm -hmm. um, contrary to people's beliefs. (laughs) Um, I am a private person Mm -hmm. and I was like you know I'm going to be sharing a lot of stuff but it's Mm -hmm. from my point of view and how I how I perceived it how I experienced different things Mm -hmm. and you know that might include some family issues and if that does and she has questions you can right you Mm -hmm. can call me and if that family member has questions they they should have called me about you know years ago uh, years ago when it happened and not wait till Mm -hmm. it becomes public knowledge yeah but i don't hold regards to that i Mm -hmm. she was like you know you're an adult you got to do what you got to do you know if that's how you want to go through it you got to live your life i can't control that Mm a one thanks mom Mm -hmm. um but in that regards, it's also a thing of I I can't control how other people. How can I say that? I it's I can't control how they their actions. Mm-hmm. All I control all I can control is how it affects me. Right. And if it affected me in a negative way, mm-hmm. but I've worked through that and I persevered right. through that, then that is something that was beneficial for me and mm-hmm. it could help other people. Right. Um, I did assure her that I won't be name dropping. Yes, yeah. Just because that's very rude and mm-hmm. petty, even though I can be very petty. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> but I did offer that too. It was like, yeah. you know, it's an it's a open 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 phone calls right um you know talking to dad today about just you know the same thing you told your mom my Mm. dad rang in today um he listened to the first episode our number one fans and um real quick (laughs) that first episode i cannot bear myself to listen to I don't know why. Because like I said, after the first few minutes of listening to it, now mind you, this is still like really new for us to hear ourselves. But after the first 15 minutes, I thought I was listening to someone else. I think my issue is, and and my issue is something that kind of talks, it kind of touches to the question that I have for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And a slight topic that I do want to talk about. But um, I think my issue is that I, for some reason, it has to be perfect, and it's not. Like, that's the whole reason that's for this. That's the whole reason we're doing right. this. Right. It's like, it's not perfect. It's not meant to be perfect. And that's it's why not. it's unedited. That's right. why it's raw. That's why. But it's like hearing it and just knowing that I broke the first cardinal rule of podcasts, and I wasn't speaking into the mic for majority <laughs> of the show. Like, I just know that that <laughs> it's, it's going to bother me. 
but I'm working on it. <laughs> You're doing a lot better today. Thank you. Um, but you know, hearing Dad talk about the right. podcast, I was actually. I mean, you saw me in the car. I was crying. I crying. was so she was proud first, of us. The roller coaster of emotions of you going to mm-hmm. a shocked. Why are you listening to it? To right. a very quick giddy little schoolgirl. Pretty much. To all of a sudden seeing tears fall down your face. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm watching you as tears are falling down from my face. <laughs> like, it's like... Because I, w- I was so proud of us for just overcoming the... The initial fears. Are we really doing this? You know? Right. And um, and then to know, like, our, you know, I say our, but our number one fans listening to it, you know? Right. Um, And the joy they got out of listening to it because it was us, you know? Like, it was genuine... You know, just really a genuine conversation between the two of us, which right. is what we wanted it to be anyway. Right. Um, and uh, it was just really great to know that we have the support in it and to know that we have people who are like, yes, do you. Yeah. This is what you want to do. Chase yeah. it. And it was just so, like, reassuring and so refreshing to, you know, just hear him say that you know him and my mom had listened to it right and i don't care if they're the only two people that ever listened to it it'll be to me right more than worth it and and i kind of feel like that was something that we talked about you know when we first talked about doing Mm -hmm. this was the fact that we don't want to do it for like money and and all of that we want to do it to really just be able to not only connect with our, ourselves, heal from our traumas, mm-hmm. but also to help other people. Well, because um, you're, like you said, you're a private person. I mean, you could ask right. my parents. I'm. I don't share things like I did in the first episode. Right. My parents didn't even know that ever happened to me. Right. Just because I never shared it. Right. And it's definitely not their fault for not knowing. I was an adult and right. I made my decisions. Right. And nowhere in that did they ever like. You know, like tell me what horrible decisions I was making. Mm-hmm. They just kept telling me to be careful, mm-hmm. you know, make make better decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they were very, you know, supportive. But, you know, they, you know, just like my dad said, he just kind of let us go um, and just did what he thought was best. And that was based on his life experience. Mm-hmm. We won't get into that. But, you know, that was out of his, you know, all right, well, here you go. This is, you know, your decisions, your right. choices. Be free, if you will. Right. And um, Danny did not take the word freedom lightly. Um, I went of the world. insane. You was of the world. A hundred percent. You was more in the streets than I was in the streets. <laughs> and, and I was in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> not like, you know, gangbang or stuff. I don't do that. I wasn't that extreme. I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Yes. hundred percent. But um, I mean, I was too, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, like, you know, my daddy was, they've always been like, do you follow what you want to do? And um, so, like I said, it just really brought me a lot of joy so to hear that he watched or listened, not right. watched, but listened. They've always been that way then. Oh, always. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It's been. There were some bumps. Um, my mom used to tell me that uh, 
you know, not necessarily would tell me it happened. Um, she went from a mom of zero to a mom of four in two months. Right. And I was the oldest. Right. And that came with a lot of trial and error. Right. And she said it before that it's, you know, it was a learning curve for her because, you know, I was the oldest. She didn't necessarily know how to, you know, mom like that yet. Mm -hmm. She did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, being that she had never been in that situation before. And honestly, I couldn't tell any woman who went from zero kids to four how they should parent. Right. Because that's, that's insane to hear. That's insane right. to even process, you know? Right. But she did a fantastic job, and there were a lot of bumps in the road. Right. Um, sometimes a lot of financial hardships, too, that really hindered things right. we might have wanted to do. Right. And that's just because we're a family of six. And right. You know, that's rough. You guys were a family. See, we, I was, I'm a family of six, too. Right. So it's my dad, and I have the two brothers, one younger sister. Uh-huh. And for us, it was weird because they always tried to make sure we grew up middle class. Like yeah. it was the same as pretty mm-hmm. much everyone else. I mean, yeah. not everyone, but you right. know, we were we were really well off in um, the sense of there were some financial struggles growing up that I could remember, but at mm-hmm. the same time would have never expected you know right like like i remember we would we would feel like we're doing all of these things Mm -hmm. and my mom's over here picking up an extra job at walmart to make sure we have christmas presents you know yeah my mom did the same thing i think treasure us and then like i I think she like i think she or something like that she might have cleaned a house like cleaned houses at yeah, some my point. My mom did like Taco period. Bell and but it's Harbor Freight. Like right, she but it's it's little things like that that I would dad, have yeah. never guessed mm-hmm. because of w- how I grew up. Like in my mind, mm-hmm. I grew up great. Like I I was privileged. Right. I've always had food on the table. Right, hundred percent. We were yeah. always having these different activities. I remember we went camping one time when I was in middle or high school. And mm-hmm. I went with some family members, our family, and then yeah. I think it was like an aunt or an uncle, mm-hmm. like two sets. It was three families all together. Right. And I remember we were up late, really, really late at night sitting by the fire. And I was sitting there with two cousins and I think one of my siblings. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying, you guys are rich. <laughs> like, you guys are always going on camping trips you guys are always going you know to king's dominion you guys are always Mm -hmm. going all over the place you guys Mm -hmm. are rich and i remember looking at them like "Mm, i wouldn't classify it as that not really i had a couple noodles for dinner every night this (laughs) week like yeah we had some struggle bus times but at Mm -hmm. the same time i mean we always did stuff Mm -hmm. but my parents worked hard for it like I don't, I, w- I didn't see us as rich or poor. I saw us as a we great family. We had, yeah. we had what we had, and we yeah. were just living, and we were just doing what we were doing. And, and I am internally grateful, especially now right. because I remember we talked about this a little bit ago, um, where those hard times that we had growing up, those 
oh mom can i have this money for the book fair and she oh, couldn't give it to me right. or mom i want to yeah. i want to ha- uh, buy lunch this week and she couldn't afford it right. like i remember growing up and those times happening and i mm-hmm. used to be upset and then somewhere along the way i heard i don't know if it was a tiktok or a reddit tweet or something mm-hmm. um or maybe it, anyway it, someone yeah. i someone said um the p- your parents growing up your parents did the best that they can do right it's not the best that you would have done you thought that you could do right it's the best that they could have done and i had to i i remember hearing that and it was almost like it was like a switch going off Mm -hmm. because i remember hearing that and thinking wow my parents were young right they had four kids Mm -hmm. and relatively close time spans yeah you guys are pretty close right and so what they did was the best that they could could especially Mm -hmm. hearing you know and i don't want to share their background and their stories but he growing up hearing what they went through and and things that they have encountered in life Mm -hmm. and seeing where i was when i heard that the internal switch went off oh yeah and i immediately was like wow Mm -hmm. you ungrateful bitch pretty much (laughs) so whenever you shared that with me the other you know that day right i started thinking about all of the stuff that my parents did for me and not what they didn't do for me right and it wasn't that they didn't do like what they were supposed to do as parents it was the extra stuff right i used to hold a lot of like animosity that my youngest sister got to do all of these things mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that my my middle sisters got to do a little bit more than i did mm-hmm. and i did it for a long time it was like you know it was, it was really unfair that i didn't get to do those things mm-hmm. but i got to go on every mission trip i ever wanted to go on mm-hmm. i think the only one i didn't get to go was it was out of the country mm-hmm. that was just out of the question because <laughs> i mean hello, um, out of the country but yeah right but i got to go on every mission trip i ever wanted to right I got to go to summer camp every year for like three or four years. You know, I didn't, I may not have gotten to play those sports, Mm -hmm. but I sure got to do a lot of great things. Right. And it truly built me as a person for the compassion that I have. Right. Um, It came from being able to go on those trips. Right. Um, The kind of wife I was, Mm -hmm. was based on watching my mom. Right. You know, it still is now. I, I strive to have a marriage like my parents, mm-hmm. you know, like one day, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I, I had to dial back that animosity and really look at that. Yeah. Because I always had food on the table. Right. I always had a roof over my head. Right. And whether that meant my mom started working cause my dad was in the service. So, you know, my mom would pick up jobs. Um, Taco Bell, Harbor Freight, um, you know, she would she would pick up work mm-hmm. to help, you know, offset so right. they could maintain, you know, food on the table and a roof right. over our heads and a car to drive and, you know, those types of things. And there was one Christmas and I know my parents remember it. They went crazy. Like there was so much stuff. Right. And <coughs> I know that. For them, it took a lot. You know, my mom was working a lot. Um, you know, that they, it took them 
a lot to be able to provide those things. Mm-hmm. And I did. I had to dial back those feelings because I was like, I am. Yes, my feelings are valid, but they're not justified. Right. Because I only saw it how I saw it. Right. Not how I'm sure they wish they could have done those things. Right. They've said it, you know, since then. How they wish they could have allowed me to do right. those things or allowed, you know, my siblings to do more. Right. And it, it really d- it hit me when right. you said it because I was like, th- what a gut punch. And then I think it's also like being being at the age that we are now as mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. I am single. No kids. I couldn't imagine at this age that I am now, mm-hmm. the age of what my parents were with four kids. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine that. I really couldn't. Like with At the this age, with just KJ, I couldn't imagine if there was four KJs. Right. No, exactly. Like, like I couldn't imagine it. No so way. it was like just seeing what mm-hmm. they did. Right. It's, it's crazy. It, it was a, a swift reality a check. And I, you know, I think that's also why, like, I like enjoyed that time we had with dad mm-hmm. and the time my we'll have with mom next monday mm-hmm. um that we will have next monday is that i have a different appreciation for them now absolutely because of that absolutely it changed my entire entire thinking of it and then yeah. especially like for me being that i was a middle kid up until that point that i heard that and i want to say i heard that in my early 20s um, up until that the point that of me hearing that, mm-hmm. I I'm a middle child, so I thought I was like the Cinderella. <laughs> I thought I was the one because it room. was always me. I was Lock you in the I tower. was <laughs> always looked at as the responsible one. Like I always had to be the one to do the cleaning oh, yeah. and do the cooking and take care of my younger and mm-hmm. making sure the olders are good. Mm-hmm. And I think. Once I heard that, I stopped looking at the situation of me doing that as, oh, I'm doing this because I'm the middle child and no one cares about me. I switched that into thinking like, no, I, I was, I was helping my mom. Right. I was able to, I'm, I'm a part of that. I was able to make sure she was, she was good and she was able to Mm -hmm. get the rest that she needed to further take care of us. And then Mm -hmm. it was like all that time that I spent complaining and yes. silently uh-huh. cursing out my parents because they made <laughs> me clean my room and clean the kitchen and do their chores. Like, th- those were wasted times. Right. And I wish I wish I would have known this when I was younger. But, I mean, of course, you learn Hindsight as you grow. Right. So oh. it's like, but knowing knowing but what I know now, mm-hmm. those times, I, I appreciate them. So I guess I say that to say I love you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> I... When you bring up like being the stable one, mm-hmm. you know, for your siblings, mm-hmm. that was me. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, with lack of a better word, a second mom, mm-hmm. a third mom, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to change how I was saying that. For, and obviously, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty, so I had to change how I was saying that now as an adult. Oh, I had to take care of my siblings. You know, I had to wake them up. But changing it to I get to or I got to be a part of who they are. Right. Like, 
seeing my siblings now compared to when we were younger, it does amaze me, you know, who they are now and the ones with kids, mm-hmm. you know, how crazy that is to me. Um, it, it is sometimes easier than other times, um, you know, talking to them about those situations because they're kind of one-sided. Um, but the youngest one, we shared a room till I was like 16 mm-hmm. and she was in a crib. Mm-hmm. Like that's how long we had shared a room for. Mm-hmm. And not that my other sisters aren't incredible people, but that one. It's always the baby because I feel the same way about my little sister. Oh, my, oh. I feel the same way about her. Knowing your knowing, youngest sister here's the thing. is so just two things. One, mm-hmm. you said you shared a, a room with your youngest sibling. Mm-hmm. I shared a room with my other middle brother. Mm-hmm. And I hated that growing up because I wanted my own space. Girl, do you know how much I kind of miss it? I would never tell him that. Well, I guess he kind of I guess knows. he knows now. But I kind of miss mm-hmm. it. I miss having... Mm-hmm. We always had similar interests, and it was like I miss being able to just wake up and be able to bond with oh. him. But in terms of my little sister, mm-hmm. watching her and being my mom always says, make sure, like, if I was going outside to play in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. make sure you watch your little sister, make sure yeah. you keep an eye on her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated that. I was like, let me grow up. Let me be an adult. I am 13. I want to <laughs> do it. Um, watching to see where, where she is now in life and oh, watching yeah. her grow. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could not. I wish I could have appreciated those moments when yes. I was younger. Because we, just seeing the fact that she is an adult, a woman in her own right, mm-hmm. doing her own damn thing Mm -hmm. like seeing that now is like right crazy and seeing my youngest sister is just it's wonderful to get to see the other two being moms like that's crazy to me right um sometimes it's still we have kids you know right um and but seeing my youngest sister like i said we shared a room for a very long time and she was very like like, my mom will tell you, when she was a baby, she wouldn't cry for my mom. She right. would cry for me. Right. Um, when she was sick, especially, because my mom couldn't handle vomit. Mm-hmm. Could not handle vomit. And she would cry for me. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, take her out of her crib and put her in the bed with me so she would stop crying. Mm-hmm. and Or give her a bath if she had thrown up and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, that was, like, she was mm-hmm. in my room till I was... 16 and even we had tried a few times with us not sharing a room and she would leave her room she would leave her room and find my room and crawl in bed Mm -hmm. and um i wish like like i said now my mindset shifted from man i had to or you know why did i have to do those things but it shifted to i got to Mm -hmm. i was able to which is such a crazy thing to say you know like to switch oh i got to wake my sisters up for school um i got to see them in the morning made sure they ate breakfast before we left for school Mm -hmm. got to put 
you know, my youngest one on the on the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to be there and like experience those things and it was just a hard like mind shift you mm-hmm. know oh i i was able to do those things mm-hmm. um i was able to with supportive parents take trips and do things um that i now in hindsight wish i would have appreciated right. more right um but yeah but uh yeah. that was that was good Okay. Um. So, <coughs> I had a question, oh and I didn't. I didn't think <coughs> of it until a little bit ago. So, mm-hmm. the question is, what is your purpose? What do you coach? My purpose. Your purpose. What do you think your purpose is? That's the question. There's yeah, no, I got that. there's no elaborating, there's no nothing. It's when you hear that question, what is your purpose? Hmm. Answer. I'll have to answer it with a sneeze in a second. Oh gosh, no. Um. I don't want to say that I know, because I don't. Mm-hmm. I do know my temporary purpose mm-hmm. is being a good mom mm-hmm. and being a good nurse mm-hmm. and showing up, you mm-hmm. know, being present mm-hmm. in what's going on in life. Um, but as for long term, I don't know. And I'm kind of like, obviously, long term being a mom, obviously. But as for like, nursing like taking care of people okay but like long term i don't know what that answer would look like Mm -hmm. because a lot is shifting right Mm now um had you asked me a few months ago it would be being a great wife and being a great mom and pushing through nursing and you know building a life Mm -hmm. um you know as a family Mm -hmm. together um Obviously, that looks a bit different. Mm-hmm. Do I still want those things? Some of them. <laughs> but as for, like, a long-term purpose, sometimes... I don't know what that looks like. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know it is. That's okay to not know. Yeah. But I thought I, I heard that question of someone, was once again... TikTok. Um, <laughs> someone was talking about them finding their purpose, mm-hmm. and I don't know why you popped in my head, but I was like, I wonder what what Danny's purpose is now that you are in this newfound shift, light, yeah, and in this shift. If you not necessarily figured it out, because I don't think anybody could ever really figure it out, mm-hmm. but like if you had any inkling on what your new purpose is or what your purpose might be I know gazing on if that makes sense I know like you like saying that just now was like um I would say what do I want it to be is pursuing happiness mm-hmm. um I'm really trying not to 
It's okay. <laughs> you can cry. It's okay. Just remember, I always say this. Let it go. Because God is reading your tears. And that's the way he knows exactly what you need. It's okay to cry. Being with someone for almost nine years mm-hmm. and married for, well, just shy of eight years, um, and telling myself that I was happy, mm-hmm. and then now that that chapter is coming to a close, was I? Are you asking me? Are you asking? Do you want me to listen or you want me to give you a hug? <laughs> um, just listen. Okay. Because I already know your standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, especially like the drive home from work today. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I wonder what we're going to talk about on the podcast. And trying to like, you know, think of, you know where this might go mm-hmm. didn't picture this exactly <laughs> um i probably should have but um you know i was like was i though was i just telling myself that mm-hmm. um was i being love bombed so hard that it was hard to see the real like feelings you know mm-hmm. or like the the truth mm-hmm. of it all you know was i really happy and that's a long time to now think of were you truly happy? Right. Yeah, that's a long time. And um it was just kinda hard to think about. But yeah. truly what I wanted to be is pursuing happiness. Right. Because I deserve it. You do. I do. You do. I give myself to everyone. Absolutely. And I am super selfless. Absolutely. And so I'm, I really just, that's what I want it to be, is pursuing happiness. So that's where we all make it. There you go. I was about to say, if that's what you want it to be, if that's what you want your purpose for right now to be, is to be happy, then do that. And I definitely want to also put this out there, too. With anyone who is trying to find their purpose, or if someone thinks that, you know, ever since I was 20, this is my purpose and I'm living in it, and you're questioning what your purpose is, just let it be known that you can have a new purpose. And I definitely think that that's also something very important to remember. As adults, we are constantly, as human beings, we are constantly changing yeah and evolving and we're going into new life stages oh, we're going sure. into new days so new time periods like, I was when like I was in my right. early 20s so it's because we are always evolving and changing personally uh-huh. our personal purposes are also changing. constantly yeah. changing yeah. there was a time you know and and sometimes those purposes could be shown to you before you're even ready for it. Because there was a time oh, for sure, when in yeah. high school I was I wanted if you asked me what I wanted to be as mm-hmm. a theater teacher. Oh yeah. All the way yeah. down. Uh-huh. I always wanted to be a theater teacher. And then I think it was 
we I was during one of our plays, or maybe it was the spring musical, and um, someone, we were all talking, and someone asked like, "Oh, what do you guys want to be when you grow up?" I didn't raise my hand, but there was a lot of other people who did. Right. And seeing everyone of my fellow peers raise their hands, and majority of them said either. They wanted to be acting somewhere in the theater field or mm-hmm. theater teachers. Yeah, that made me pause a moment and was like, I don't know if that's for really me. What I, be doing. I don't know if that's really what I want to be doing. And then I remembered my dad never lets me live this down. I remembered shortly after that I went to visit the school that the nursing school we ended up going to uh-huh. in, <laughs> in high school, and I did the whole walk through the orientation. And it was down to signing the papers uh-huh. to sign Starts. up for th- and uh-huh. start the school. And I said no. And my dad never lets me live that down. He's like, he's you always like, you ended anyway. up going there anyway. <laughs> you should have just done it then. You could have been way, way into your like career. Way into your career. Uh-huh. And I think what's also very important to realize, and this is where the full circle moment goes to, is I was trying to still find my purpose. In high school, I was bullied, I was ridiculed, I was made yeah. fun of. Theater was my safe haven. Right. As I was coming out of high school, I needed to find my new purpose. Right. Theater w- got me through high school. I needed to find out what was going to get me to my adulthood. Yeah. Um, and I think being scared of going to into nursing right then and there is mostly because I was not ready. But that was showing a glimpse of what my purpose what's to come yeah a part of my purpose of what is to come to my next chapter Mm -hmm. because i didn't go there i went straight into the workforce but when i tell you that going into the workforce was the best decision i ever made because i was able i was a district manager within a year i was like i was doing all of these things Mm -hmm. going retail to retail i experienced with my first job i was with them for two maybe two and a half years i experienced getting backstabbed by the owner of the of the stores that i was working yeah. at mm-hmm. and that hurt me because i put my all into the like job gave her, like, i gave her everything and then mm-hmm. and you know what, what i'm just making the connection to i gave selflessly to her and that job and all i wanted to do was to go back to school at that time mm-hmm. and i wanted to go into business so that i could better myself to better help that job and once I told her that, even though we put it in my contract that I could do that, mm-hmm. once I told her I wanted to go back to school, she backstabbed me. Right. And I left. Right. And then I went into, um, I found another, I left that company, I went to a different company. Mm-hmm. And that company, I found and met a wonderful, wonderful lady who I literally, I, I, I would not be where I am today without her. Um, Mrs. K, love you. <laughs> if you're ever listening to this, um, you know who you are. She she got me into teaching, mm-hmm. and I was teaching for a little bit, um, which for some reason I thought that, that I went back to wanting mm-hmm. to do that, realized it was my safe haven, and then I wanted to better myself. I went into it, and the relationship I was at the time, you seeing the connection? Yeah. I wanted to go into school to better myself, and, and she... And she Backstabbed me. She she cheated. That wasn't just backstabbed. She she, she ripped cheated. Your heart she out ripped my heart out. And stomped on it. 
but um so there was that so it was it's always someone there who is willing to push you into your purpose um that who yeah. hit that one yeah but um yeah i say all that to say your purpose is constantly changing yeah and i went back and saw the glimpse of what my purpose was and i know that my purpose is to be into nursing right. but that is not my full and undivided purpose right now that is only right. a part of it because right. what i really want to do involves me being a nurse mm -hmm. but it's not nursing and that's where Oops. you know me going last year wanting to go back to school to further my nursing career mm -hmm. i had to put a stop to that because i had to get the rest of my ducks in order to continue to do my purpose right so i i that's a little insight for that yeah but i definitely think that's something that i want anyone who's listening to this know your purpose is always evolving it's always changing it is okay to let go of your old purpose mm -hmm. all that means is that you are turning into a new person and you should embrace who you are becoming right. mm -hmm. always um and it was that's really true because um, you're not the same person you were you know i can let you know in this. my early 20s you're never the same person um, you are as a teenager in your early 20s mm -hmm. you're not the same person you were two years ago no. five years ago you're not the person you were a year ago you're not the person you were two months ago <laughs> you're not the person you yeah. were yesterday yeah you are constantly learning you're constantly making decisions for yourself right. you're always Excuse changing me. you should be you should be should be and and any if if anyone in that don't any if any if you know anyone in your close circle that you are friends with relying on is is a part of who you are and they are not evolving growing not necessarily with you but if you do not see any growth or involvement in them then maybe they don't got a purpose and i don't know about you but if you don't have a purpose if you don't have ambition if you yeah. can't have Pretty. something that wants to encourage me to keep me going i don't know if i want you in my life i don't know if i need you in my circle right because, because one dead one dead branch can kill the whole tree 100 percent. and it's hard to especially when you and i say nicely or gracefully you know interact with those people and ask them you know what they see in you know futuristic things or mm -hmm. what they plan on doing with their life or things like that and the answer never changes mm -hmm. the answer is always i don't know right i don't know right or i want to do this this and this but then the next time you talk to them they've made no strive or stride excuse me to try and and do that do that and it's it's hard to like watch especially like you said in your close circle like not necessarily give up but give up right and not try to seek their purpose right. and like seek after right the things that they want and seeking after those things doesn't mean you know last week i said it this week we do it right not it, at but, all but any small movement exactly working towards what you exactly. want exactly is still progress because because and like i said before not knowing is okay right. but if i am coming to you if you are a close friend of mine mm -hmm. and i come to you and i say hey i ask that question mm -hmm. what is your purpose mm -hmm. and you say i don't know 
I come to you a week later and I ask that same question, if that I don't know didn't change, something something's missing. Yeah. If I come to you a month later mm -hmm. and that I don't know still hasn't changed, if I come to you a year later and that I don't know mm -hmm. still hasn't changed, we we're not, I'm, I don't we're know not, if we're going to no be. We're on the same level. We're not. Because my mindset is always changing. I learn something new every day. Right. I interact with someone new every day. Right. And in most cases, I can take from those situations and, you know, either self-reflect or, you know, make progress in my own life based right. on what I've seen or experienced. And for someone who has no will or want to make progress like that, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not sure I want you in my circle. Right. Because that, that little bit of progress that you're not willing to make eventually is just going to wear me down right emotionally and mentally right and it's eventually going to get to the part to the point where i don't want to interact with you right because every interaction with you is the same right the same responses the same situations and answers it's on repeat right and i don't want to keep experiencing that right and, it, and then mm -hmm. at the same time too with you continuing to grow and the people close to you are not growing right the hardest part about mm -hmm. that is not seeing them not grow. The hardest part is you letting go of them. Yes. That's hard. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that even though it is hard, you have to do it. Oh, I yeah. remember in one of my past relationships, Definitely the, person, that right now. the person that I was with, when we first got together, they were all in all like owning their own business. They wanted to continue... They would right. go and they would have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably a couple years into it, that plan changed, but not for the good. That plan went from this huge scale mm -hmm. to downsize. And then a couple years later, it downsized again. And then a few months after that, it started to become the, I don't know. I'm comfortable with what's happening right, right. now. And I'm I wasn't comfortable with being no, comfortable. No, because you were making I moves. I was making moves to try to, be to better, better and, and better to keep your going. family, better your that household, right? And that situation, like you right. were pushing multiple jobs, going to school, right? Like pushing to try to, to, to make better. it better. Mm -hmm. And see me seeing that I was trying to make it better, but seeing them being completely comfortable with and where stagnant. they were, yeah. I was like something has to give mm -hmm. and honestly this kind of further it got to the point where even though i didn't want to mm -hmm. the relationship did end um but i i still kept going oh, yeah. and then i remember you know a little <laughs> a year after i want to say about a year after i graduated no, I would say about a year or two after I graduated, mm -hmm. did not talk to this person. Yep. I get a random phone call. Yep. <laughs> and the person goes, hey, I think I just saw you. And I was like, mm, actually, I moved about two hours from where we used to be at. So yeah, there's no you, way. you did not see me. And then they go, oh, okay. Well, how's nursing doing? You're making money yet? You want to come spend money? On no. You right. You missed your chance, baby. Right. That ship sailed. It, it has completely sailed. Mm -hmm. I am on a completely different level, and I'm on a completely different level, and you are 
not less than, but you're not on the same plane as me. You're not in the same mindset you have as it me. Moved. You, you have it moved forward. Moved. And honestly, looking at years. what you're telling me, how your life is, you've moved back to yeah. then where you were when mm-hmm. we were in the trenches. In a hot mess. So I'm trying to figure out why would I pull myself back to that, you right. know? Or why why would I bring myself down to lift you up? Because I, right. I was trying to lift both of us up. And you wasn't and I was with trying, it. I was trying to make us a power couple. I was right. trying to make us make moves together. Right. And the only thing you did was drag us down. Right. You were willing to sacrifice me to make you better. Right. And I'm, I'm not down for that. Right. You know, I, I wouldn't be either. That's what we're dealing with right now. Right. Honestly, I am striving to make us better. I'm striving to push forward. Right. Um, at one point wanted us to be a power couple right you know i was matching energy and then the other side's energy stopped but mine kept going mm-hmm. and it kept growing mm-hmm. into what it is right now and which is ever changing because i'm still learning and um you know it's just one of those things like if the energy's not matching i don't want it i don't want it i don't want it at all and i watch for example my parents my dad's energy, A1, up here. Right. All the way up here. Right. My mom holding the household down and then getting her a job. Right. Matching energy here. Right. Right? And it doesn't matter whether they make the same or not. That's not the point. The point is is that they're On the matching energy energies. They have the same purpose forward. Exactly. to strive forward for their family. And keep, keep and, pushing. And, and that that's something, like I said, if it's not pushing right. forward, if it's not striving to match my energy. Right. I don't want it. Right. And I definitely think that it's funny because I, t- I talk to my sister about this all the time. And we always joke around, but we're very serious when we say it. Our parents mm-hmm. fucked us up in our mindset. <laughs> they gave you a r- really unrealistic. <laughs> unrealistic. <laughs> for and, and let me let me say this. They give us unrealistic expectations for relationships for millennials, for oh people gosh, our yes. age. Because 100%. our age, the the culture is hookup culture. Pretty much, it's a, it's a quick, oh we're one and done, one and know. done's meeting on Tinder for a couple dates and then ghosting each other. Right. What my parents had was real. Right. Like real, my parents and growing up and seeing that. Lo- yes. Of course, I'm going to want what I know mm-hmm. because what I know works. They are mm-hmm. not only in a marriage, but they are a partnership. Right. There is never, you'll never see one without the other. 100%. You'll never see one make a decision without the other one knowing. You'll you'll never see that because they are working together. Mm-hmm. And seeing that and having mm-hmm. that expectations in today's age in dating. Oh, gosh. Oh, you'll be lucky if you find it. My dad, when I was growing up, used to, <laughs> if someone would say, hey, do you want to go, blah, blah, blah. My dad would go. I have to talk to household six. Right? Yeah. Which was my mom. Right. If household six said, yeah, sure, then my dad went. Right. We all went. Right. If my mom said, nah, we don't really have it. Right. Then my dad said, household six says, we're not going. We're not doing it. And that's how, and that's how, how, um, my dad always, my dad, anytime we would ask, we always knew growing up, mm-hmm. go ask mom, don't ask dad. Because <laughs> if you ask dad, dad's going to say, go ask mom. Go ask mom. 
all the time. <laughs> and then mom and mom gives the answer uh-huh. or mom will talk to dad about the answer and then they'll come yeah. back uh-huh. and give us an answer. Mm-hmm. Whether we wanted to go somewhere, whether we wanted to s- have some money to spend, it was right. always a go ask mom and mom would either say yes mm-hmm. or no or talk to dad about it and then give us an answer Uh but it was always that way and Mm -hmm. before anybody kind of makes that comment or thinks no that is not emasculating the man the my you will never tell me that my dad did not wear the pants of the family you would never tell me that my dad was not the head of the household Mm -hmm. because the way that my mom treated my dad he was the head of the household Yep. She was just the belt. hundred percent. hundred percent. She was just the belt of my the household. My dad wore the pants, but my, my mom, mom was the belt. hundred percent. hundred percent. And it, and I I oh, don't that think is so that good. <laughs> that is and once again that's a partnership. That is so that good. That is yes. not one above the mm-hmm. other. They mm-hmm. both have their own jobs to do. My dad is supposed to cover us. My right. dad is supposed to protect the body. My mm-hmm. mom is supposed to make sure she is there to support, to support. my dad and yes. doing his job. That yes. was her job. So, so it was always. Oh, that is so good. Right? So that it's always so like good. that. And I definitely went into every single relationship that I've ever been in thinking, is this a partnership or is just a, just a one and done am type I thing? Am going to carry? Like yeah. how much am I? Because I want a partnership. I don't want just our random relationship right. i want someone who is willing to go through life with me yeah not trying to do for me right or tr- having me do everything for, for them. them yeah i want i want a partnership and, and i definitely think that they kind of oh yeah that expectation totally is just pop the mic there um my bad but that is so true like growing up you know i never saw I never saw them not on the same page. Right. And, you know, I, and I'm going to be honest, I thought in my young mind that the part, the person I called my partner for almost nine years mm-hmm. was, you know, giving me or going to give me mm-hmm. what my dad gave my mom, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and were there a ton of red flags? Yes. <laughs> um, like, obvious red flags, you know? And, um, but I always was like, well, I want to build. And how am right. I supposed to build with them if I'm, you know, knocking them down all the time? Right. But it wasn't that. It wasn't that I would have been knocking him down. It's that what he should have been giving me, he wasn't. Right. And us building together right. would have never been realistic because he's not even trying to build himself. Right. I can't build both of us. Right. I can't build both of us and be a mom. Right. I'm building a tiny human. You know? I'm I'm supposed to be there to help build and and mold this mm-hmm. tiny human. I can't do three people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Um, that means the other two will get more of me than I get of me. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's been. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's starting you know, recently, obviously, to kind of trigger the, I cannot build all three of us. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you have the will or want to build yourself, I can't help you. And and I can't even be here to be supportive right, of you because right. you're not even trying. And I, I think that's where it comes to, I remember, oh gosh, where did I hear this? Did my mom say it? 
I want to say I heard it because your mom is full of wisdom. She's full. She's she she is full of wisdom. (laughs) I think she's she's the one who said it um, in a random conversation. I remember talking about it in her room, but um, I don't know if it was with her or if I saw a video in her room. You were in there anyway. (laughs) um, It was something that said in a marriage. And yes, I'm single spitting marriage facts, but that's just because <laughs> I have the parents that I had mm-hmm. and I know what I want and I know what I deserve. Mm-hmm. In a marriage, you can't focus on the other person. You have to focus on yourself. Because, and I always say this all the time, you can't fill someone else's glass if your cup glass is, empty, is empty. Like, at all. Mm-hmm. So, I and I want to say it's my mom, so for now I'm going to say it was her. She said, I have to focus on me, and I have to make sure I'm good. I have to focus on your dad. I mean, your dad has to focus on himself, and he has to make sure he's good. So me focusing on me, Mm -hmm. if I'm good, then I can help your dad focus on himself. And if your dad is good and I'm good, then guess what? We can focus on the household together. Right. So it's always good to make sure that your partner is focused on themselves, and Mm -hmm. that's okay in a relationship. To be, and that's something that I had to learn in my current relationship too, is because that is true, right? Yeah, being able to to live separate lives is okay, literally. So, and you know, to shed a little light on that, and and that's to be able to go into, you know, further down in the household. But to shed a little light on that, and my and another past, well, no, in the same past relationship, mm-hmm. um. This person was, it was always a, a, I have to pour into them and I, I, I never got poured into, I never right. was able to, and that kind of mm-hmm. disintegrated everything that was beneath it. But with this relationship that I'm in now, it was, especially in the beginning, it was kind of hard because they were texting me and we would talk every two to three days Mm -hmm. and then in that time so so like we would Mm -hmm. talk on monday and then i would not hear from them for another so like thursday like two three days Mm -hmm. i would not at all not a single text not a single phone call and when I did, all it was the conversation picked up like nothing ever happened. Right. Um, and I remember in the very, very beginning of it, what kind of showed me signs that this was something that's going to be happening was, um, he texted me. He texted me something, and I texted him, mm-hmm. asking him a question, yep. and he didn't answer for like a week and a half. Something like that. Yeah. And I was distraught because i was like he's a great guy there's no like way there's I no way i did anything wrong <laughs> of course someone's ghosting me right now like whatever mm-hmm. like i was prepared we met on a dating app so i was prepared to just, just delete the app i didn't give him what he was looking for and i the guess m- and the moment that i went in to go delete the app he messaged me and mm-hmm. he said hey and i i will never forget this he said hey Sorry for not getting back to you sooner. I had a really crazy week. I hope you answer this message. Something along the lines of, I hope you answer this message because I am interested in you. And I do want to see where this is going. 
and I hope you feel the same way. Yeah. That did it for me. The moment I, I read that message, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I like you. Right. I like he, you. He showed interest. Showed and in, expressed, he, first off, expressed feelings. Right. <laughs> and validated yours. Validated my mm-hmm. feelings and then wanted to continue whatever it is that we were working yeah, on. Yeah, because you guys were just talking at the time. We were just talking at the mm-hmm. time. And as you know, we got to know each other, that became a constant thing where right. we would go about two or three days without texting. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would talk to people, and they would be like, oh, how's your boo? And I was like, oh, I haven't talked to him since Monday. And Monday, it's it's Thursday. You haven't talked to him? And I'm like, right. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And I had to learn that. That is yeah, okay to not. The previous relationship had the, rocked you with the that. The previous relationship, I could not leave out of their sight without a text message. Where are you? Where are you going? How mm-hmm. long are you going to be? When are you coming back? All the questions. But then, it, But it wasn't two-sided. It was if it wasn't. you ask questions. If I asked questions, I was blocked. I was getting ignored. Yeah. They would block me. If I asked anything, right. oh, it's an issue. But they would always ask me. Right. Red flag should have known. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, with, with Norm, it is drastically different. It's drastically and different. He, he, he more, sorry, they more than pour into you. And I he feel, does. I feel like it's such a drastic She's, difference. She said sorry because... <laughs> He does. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure of pronouns, and I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. He does. No, you're fine. Um, so, you know, he more than pours into you. He and does. I feel like, you know, emotionally, you both are very, like, aware of each other, which is right. so fantastic. Right. And, like I said, such a drastic change from your previous, you know, relationship. And that's, <clears throat> it's really refreshing to see. It is. It's refreshing to be in. It's refreshing to be in. And and don't get me wrong, we are still very early in this oh, relationship, yeah. uh-huh. but it is refreshing to at this stage be in a relationship where the trust is already there and established, mm-hmm. whereas in the previous the trust was never there, never really established, never established. Mm-hmm. So being in a relationship where I I remember my past relationship, mm-hmm. I used to be like oh. I said some. I would always say something along the lines of, "Oh, who you're going to meet? Oh, you're going to be talking to this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna." And they would freak. I'm not doing nothing. That why would you ever? <laughs> why could you? No, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. And I remember, I made a slight comment, and I, I, I'm, honestly, I don't regret a lot, but I wish I'd never said this. Mm-hmm. Not because I think Norm thought anything of it, mm-hmm. but um. I didn't want to bring the past into what I'm trying to build. I don't want to reuse that foundation Mm -hmm. for this foundation. Mm -hmm. But he was going to an event, and I made the stupidest comment. I was like, oh, oh, so you're going to go meet guys. And he was like, I have no time to talk to anyone. Let alone you. Let alone you. So it's like, why would you even think I would? And it it clicked. That clicked. And that literally, that was the biggest, like, I was like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. I can't believe I said that. And it it made me upset at myself Mm -hmm. for trying to insinuate that. Even though I was never given Even though I was totally joking. Mm -hmm. um, But even just trying to insinuate that with no basis, like, that 
made me realize, no, you were trying to bring old foundation right. into this new one. You need to leave that right. over there. And Norm's character is, that's way out of pocket. Way out of pocket for Way him. out of pocket. Way out and of pocket. I, and just from like this side, like hearing about it, mm-hmm. in my mind, if my partner had said something like that to me, I feel like my mindset would go, well, do, why would he think that? What Did I show him something? Right. And we talked about overthinking last episode. Like, it would send me into a spiral. Right. Because, well, why would he think that? I've never given him any reason to right. think that I would even do that. Right. But, uh, right. Current situationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Current situationship. Mm-hmm. Um, made a comment about... You know, while we were playing a game, that his friend who joined the game said to tell him that I was going to get off and FaceTime him, right? Mm-hmm. The friend. Mm-hmm. And when I told him that, he was like, you would never do that to me. Right. Because you're not that kind of person. Right. A hundred percent true. Right. Would never. Right. And that was like, well, I think, and with that... It, there's two sides of that. He could have overthought it. He could have called that friend up and been like, why would you do that? Why would you tell her that? Right. You know, why would you, whatever. Right. But instead, he knew my character and who I am as a person. Right. And he trusts me just like Norm does you and you do to Norm. Right. That would never I, be a I thing. Because I can say this. After I said that, Norm definitely got me in check. He was like, "Uh, no, I have no time. Don't right. even know why you would say that. Like, right. you know... You know uh, what that this is, is not happening. You right. know what this is. Uh-huh. Like, get it together. And right. I was like, you got it. Mm-hmm. You won that one. My 100%. bad. I am so sorry. So, um, but you know, like, you it's won. one of those things, like, those trust things where your partner does trust you enough to not feel that way. Right. And knows that if those feelings ever creep in, that you're right there to shut it down. Right. There's no, nowhere I have time, no way I have anything else other than. Pouring it into you. Right. And that's, that has honestly been something for myself to learn. Right. And to understand. Because I'm still healing. This mm-hmm. isn't over. It won't be over ever, I'm sure. Right. But. It's always a journey. It's different to have that kind of perspective or that kind of trust from just someone acknowledging you as a person. Right. So. It is different. It is very different. Um, I like it. <laughs> Me too, so far. <laughs> I like it, though. Um, I hope, it, I hope it continues. But it has, so far, we talked about, like, pouring in other people. It has helped me so far to begin to focus on myself because mm-hmm. I'm not chasing after somebody else. Right. I'm not chasing after a thought or a hope or a dream of somebody else. Right. Um, I am being taught... In multiple ways, that it is completely appropriate for me to focus on myself. It is completely appropriate for me to have feelings, right. like legit feelings. Right. It's appropriate for me to express those feelings without fear of, did I say that? Why do you feel like that? Right. And then it being, you know, turned around, oh, am I not good enough for you? Right. You know, and then being gaslit about those, you know, about those same topics like that. It is so drastically different. 
Right. It's definitely a good light to be in right now because I'm learning what I deserve after a long time of not getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been it's been great so far, mm-hmm. and um, it's definitely teaching me a lot. Um, and I'm I'm really happy about it though, because I'm I do deserve that. Yeah. I, I deserve to be able to focus on myself. Right. I, I, I'm allowed to do those things. Right. Um, I am a person who more than pours into other people, and that's been hard to do that for myself, like planning a trip. Right. I am What's almost 29. Never been on vacation. Never been on a vacation that wasn't paid until for by year. my parents. Yeah, until next year. Freaking just admit it. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, like, I've I've never been on a vacation. Like, a legitimate, I took time for myself mm-hmm. and spent money on myself mm-hmm. or, you know, done things that I enjoy doing. Um, I really enjoy history. Like, really enjoy history. So, I'm really happy that where I'm going is, like, history-related. Mm-hmm. And I get to participate in those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I... It was just something completely planned and thought about for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy to think about because I haven't been on a vacation. Right. And I'm almost 29. Right. I definitely think it's speaking on you saying putting into yourself and doing for you. That's that's very important. And it's I, I feel like a lot of people, not only has a lot of people, but I know I've been through it and I've known. I've seen you go through it mm-hmm. where you struggle with doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to make sure you have to put yourself first, especially nowadays. You just have to. You can't really, and this is hard, and I'm constantly learning about this. You can't worry about what other people say or do because they're, oh they're not living your life. Up until this podcast, that's why I've been so private. Right, because you're worried about. I was about so what worried about what other people would think if they <coughs> knew what I had experienced. Right. What they would think if they kn- knew all the shit I was doing. Right. Um, you know everything I've experienced in life in general. <coughs> like, I, I intentionally kept it private because I was so worried about judgment. Right. And right now, <coughs> this is the life I've lived so far. This is stuff I've experienced that I really hope no one else has to experience. Right. Um, it's it's crazy to me, but literally have kept my life so private from fear of judgment. Right. But I, I what I was getting to is <coughs> I think it's very important to make sure in the journey of putting yourself first, it's okay to put a pause on every other aspect in your life. It's okay to put a pause on, you know, your relationship status. I did that for a little bit where mm-hmm. I was like, no to relationships. I mm-hmm. want to focus on me. Mm-hmm. And in that time, that's where I learned how to love myself. It's okay to put a pause mm-hmm. on your work life. I That was a hard one for me because I was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I had to put a pause on my work life to be able to focus on school. Right. And then it's okay to put a pause on my school life because I was 
so focused on going to school to better my career mm-hmm. that I was missing out on life. Literally. I was missing out we, on we opportunities uh-huh. to to do certain things, to yep. go on trips, to do what I dreamed of, mm-hmm. to do what I planned. And I think in the midst of that, it's important to put a pause on that because if I didn't do that, yeah. I wouldn't have been where I am today. I wouldn't have been oh. in a relationship. Oh, I wouldn't have been happy. I wouldn't have been mm-hmm. able to share my life with other people Mm -hmm. like it's all about knowing when it's okay to pause and being okay with yourself for putting that part in that aspect of your life on pause Mm -hmm. at the end of this life we're all going to just we're we're going to be dead right point blank we've lived that's it are you going to look back on your life and think about the woulda shoulda coulda or are you gonna look back and go you know what i did it mm-hmm. i did what i wanted to do i right. did what i wanted to accomplish i did my dreams were made right i did it mm-hmm. i don't know about anybody else but i know i want to be looking back going i did it i'm mm-hmm. happy with what i was able to do right what i was able to accomplish the things i was able to do right and it won't and and i wouldn't have been able to accomplish those things if i wasn't able to look back put a pause on what i needed to and Mm -hmm. better myself and put myself first put Mm -hmm. my health first my mental my mental status first (laughs) that is a big one um but if i wasn't able to do that Mm -hmm. then it wouldn't have been able to be done um that was a lot of sharing that was a lot of sharing Mm-hmm. A lot of sharing. It is. Nothing wrong with it at all. Nothing wrong. Um, but I came across this thing uh, someone had posted on Facebook. And it says, when you are open about depression and anxiety, people mark you down as a miserable, miserable person. I'm not a miserable person. I'm an intense person. When I feel happiness or love, I feel those things intensely. And I feel pain intensely. It's the price of feeling. Wow. When I read it, I was like, that statement cannot be more true. When Mm. you, especially with nurses, Mm -hmm. when you're depressed or have anxiety, it's almost like a, a warning sign that's plastered on you mm-hmm. for someone to s- for them to stay away mm-hmm. you know um don't mess with that nurse she is you know always on all, 10 always on 10 um she's so intense right um even in like personal lives you know i cried earlier in this episode <laughs> i cry at everything yes. mad angry sad happy i'm crying Right. It just depends on how much crying I do, depending on the situation. But I, the feelings are intense for me. And it's always been that way, even since I was a kid. And I don't know, when I read it, I was like, it really is the price of having feelings. Like, it is. Yeah. Like, what? It's, it's. I don't know. For me, that it's it's hard to talk about it because 
I think for me personally, mm-hmm. I I am someone who is living with depression and anxiety. Yeah, it's hard to talk about it because there's always this stigma in oh, the 100%. in the black community. True. As well as being a black male, uh-huh. that feelings are bad. Oh yeah, you don't have being those. being a black male. They've always told you since you were young, don't cry, don't do this, mm-hmm. don't feel, because you're a man. Suck it up. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. Don't be a sissy. All of that mm-hmm. stuff. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. being in the black community, you don't share your feelings. No. Whatever you're feeling at this point, it you don't share. It what goes happens? And it was said to me growing up a few times, what happens in our household stays, stays in our household. household. If there is an issue, mm-hmm. if there is someone that is bothering you, if there is someone that is, you keep it to yourself. To yourself. You, don't, you don't express mm-hmm. emotions. And I think that has really hindered a lot of people on mm-hmm. feeling things to where now the suicide rates for for African Americans skyrocket. Skyrocket. Oh yeah. Because people are feeling and holding it in, and they're mm-hmm. not able to express it because expressing it is bad. Going to a therapist is taking it outside of this household, so it's bad. Right. And you know, sharing what you've been through, your traumas, is now bad. Mm-hmm. So people aren't giving the proper tools to be able to mm-hmm. work through any kind of trauma issues, mental health right. that they're going through. Right. And it's always frowned upon and it's always looked bad about it because I'm going through something mm-hmm. I can't share. Like it does mm-hmm. it it has never made sense to me. Question. What? Oh God. It can be a hard no question. Okay. So I'm just warning you there. Um is that why you didn't reach out and express what was going on with you when you were being bullied in high school because you kept that to yourself (laughs) um i'm able to laugh about it now laugh to keep from crying Mm -hmm. um because you internalized that and it had a a pretty decent impact like you said earlier on how you moved forward in your work life right um and trying to recover so and be safe so and i i think long short answer yes i think (laughs) i think that did kind of stigma kind of that stigma kind of hindered me a little bit Mm -hmm. um but also i feel like it didn't at the same time um so my parents kind of preach that what happens in our household stays in that household in elementary school Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's because when you're in elementary school, you kids say everything. Once we got Sorry, to, <laughs> <laughs> once I got to middle school, mm-hmm. my parents definitely weren't like that. They mm-hmm. were. They started to become like, if there's an issue, say something. Okay. But mm-hmm. once again, like we said earlier in the episode, parents do the best that they can do with what they're not doing what we should have done. Age. Right. It was kind of already too late. Okay. That stigma was already in my head. What's already happening, the feelings, I can't feel. Okay. So that was kind of stuck all through middle school okay. to where when I was getting bullied, and the worst of it, I would say, is middle school. Middle okay. school was worse yeah, than, than high school. High school. Okay. Um, that's why I switched high schools, and I didn't go to my base high school. 
I went oh, to a specialty right. yeah. program to get away mm-hmm. from the issues that I had in middle school. Um, so middle school was the worst of the bullying. And then going into high school, once again, I'm already still having that I can't talk about my feelings type move. Right. But I'm also now dealing with the fact that I try to run away from problems and the problems are now following me. Oh, 100%. The issues yeah. are still following me. And I, and I even though my parents were there to say if something is wrong, like, let us know. I still already felt like I did not have the proper tools to be able to, to express, express to them what was happening. What was happening okay. and, and what was being said. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, in high school, I wasn't ready to face the facts of myself ah. and wasn't able to to my my self-esteem was too low to even try to deal with that to even find any form of confidence to be able to let them know right and then that was kind of the beginning Mm -hmm. of high school and then when i got into theater a lot of that was alleviated because i almost put on blinders to everything else you had an outlet on the outlet that i had but that still didn't solve the issues because the issues were still there i just wasn't facing them I wasn't looking at them. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, so yes, I think that is the reason why. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it wasn't wasn't for the lack of what they made it at that time. Right. It was what previously had started. Right. And that kind of goes on to making sure that, especially with today's youth, you're setting them up for success. Yeah. Not setting them up and then you're trying to get them to be successful. Mm-hmm. You got to set them up from day one. Right. Um, and that's a learning curve mm-hmm. because as generations go, mm-hmm. we're becoming more and more. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Kids are more and more hiding stuff. Right. You know, not telling their parents. And right. And then we have, you know, we see on the news all the time about kids or middle schoolers who have taken their own life over situations that, you know, they felt like they couldn't tell their parents or that maybe they did tell their parents but people weren't taking it seriously and uh, it's it's very important to create an environment where your kids feel like they can come to you for any reason that it is and to not hide anything from you and i you watch kj right kj is five right he told on you and his dad in the same breath mm-hmm. letting him watch something that mom would not normally let him watch yes (laughs) he told on you the moment you saw me he wasn't watching anything inappropriate he was just watching youtube right and (laughs) mom does not like that um but he literally right told on you and his dad the moment he saw me right and the thing is is that setting him up though Mm -hmm. and then also i remember when i was teaching Mm -hmm. i had a student who, and th- and this is the difference. When I was teaching, the teachers didn't like me because <laughs> I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I want to say, 25, 26 at the time. And the teachers who were well into their 30s, they had tenure. They've been working mm-hmm. for the school system for yeah. five plus years. And mm-hmm. I, it was my first year on my own Mm -hmm. i had a student come to me saying that backing up a little bit 
in the beginning of the school year, we were told that this there was one particular student who was gang affiliated. Right. And we had to keep an eye out on her. Mm-hmm. Close to the end of the school year, I had one student come to me and she goes and she's showing me messages and, and stuff from social media um, where that gang affiliated student threatened to for her and her friends to jump her during school so she better watch her back. Nope. Now, this girl said that when she first got there, she went to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. Principal did nothing, told her to go to class. She went back to the principal's office, did nothing. She came to me, and then, no, no, she came to one of her teachers of the class that she was in. Mm-hmm. I was monitoring the halls, so I walked by, and then me and the teacher mm-hmm. was talking to her outside the room. She's hysterically crying because in the next class, one of the girls that was the gang-affiliated student's friends was in her class. And she she was scared because she didn't want to go to class. Right, I would be too. Right. And so then I I talked to her. I -hmm. talked to the teachers. Um, We told her to go to the next class um, because... And the grade that she was, mm-hmm. it was that whole grade's break. So the teachers were all going to be in their pleading period. So I got all her teachers together. We were all sitting there. Um, and we came up and devised a plan where <coughs> all the work would be sent to her via email. And she would spend that day um, going from a teacher to teacher that did was during their planning period, did not have a class. Mm-hmm. And... That was the plan. Everybody stuck to it. I want to say close to the end of the day when I had her mm-hmm. in one of my classes, I get a phone call for me to go to the principal's office, send her back to the class she was supposed to be in, get a call from the principal. I go into the principal's office, and she's berating me. Why are you talking, I mean, t- uh, pulling this girl out of class? She's missing valuable class time. I'm explaining to her, hey, she felt unsafe. You weren't listening to her, and she felt unsafe. Right. I there was and a the other teachers, threat right. to her life, I pull- and you decided not to take right. it seriously. You and the school officer n- did not do anything about it. Right. And you know the severity of this situation. Right. You know how serious this and could be. And the potential be. for you it to You warned us escalate. about mm-hmm. this situation in the beginning of the school year. Right. We set her up to have all her classwork. She has an open line of communication from the phones to every single teacher, as well as they were using um, the Windows chat thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Where they could chat with it. She could message the teacher as well if she had any questions. So while I'm talking to the principal, Mm -hmm. the girl's mother or grandmother comes in berating the teacher. She is livid. Yeah. Because the principal allowed this to happen. Right. She pulled that student from that school that day. And that was the moment I decided to never teach again. Because I can't be a part of school systems that allow a culture that that does not listen to the severity of kids. Mm -hmm. Do not listen when a child is asking for help. Do not listen when a child is crying because they are scared. for their life Mm -hmm. because of a known gang-affiliated student who was looking for her after school, by the way, Mm -hmm. is threatening another student. 
you're not taking those threats serious. You're thinking it's another thing coming. I another thing happened where there was a student who brought it was rumored rumblings going around that he brought an, a pocket knife to school. Mm-hmm. And it was no rumblings of whether he was planning on using it, but right. it was rumblings that he had that he brought one. it. Mm-hmm. We I told the principal uh, uh, I told the principal another teacher told the principal principal did nothing. It wasn't until the student literally pulled it out in the middle of the class in front of the police officer for something to have happened. Now, he didn't danger anybody. He pulled right. it out to try to be cool. Right. But you're not listening. You have kids who are scared. You have teachers who are, are scared for concerned, their safety. Very concerned. Be, mm-hmm. And you're not taking it serious. Right. I, I, that taught me the valuable lesson of any time a child comes to me mm-hmm. and says anything about their safety, their their right. dangers, their feelings, mm-hmm. I always listen. I always tell 100%. them. 100%. And my, one of my mottos, your feelings are always valid. Oh, 100%. I cannot yeah. tell you how you feel. How you feel is how you feel. They mm-hmm. are valid. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I've always made sure I made, made sure kids are always listened to. I right. listen to them. I understand them. And if I don't, I try. Yes. And that's the biggest part. Mm-hmm. I really do try to mm-hmm. understand them. Yeah. But that was the reason why I quit school. I couldn't teach anymore. They o- um, offered me a contract for the following year. Did not take it. Mm-hmm. Instead, I went to nursing school. <laughs> so <laughs> it pushed me into that once again. Pushed me into my new purpose. Your purpose, yeah. Pushed me into my purpose. Uh, yeah, it just, um, I don't think I could be a part of a culture like that either. I applaud those that that are paving a different path, right? And are and I really appreciate them, right? You know, my cousin is a teacher, right? A fantastic one at that, right? Um, you know, I, I pray that nothing happens to her, right? Because your mom's a teacher, right? But I'm saying, like, my mom's at a private setting, but still, but still, you know. And then my, but my cousin's in a public school setting, and that culture is something different. It really is, and um. You know, I do, I have heard that she had a great group of kids this last year. But, you know, teaching is such a rough path, you know. It's hard. It takes a different type of human. It takes a spot. <laughs> and, and for me, I, I would say this. For me, the decision to leave and not teach mm-hmm. was not taken lightly. I did think right, about yeah. it. And what I came up with and my conclusion that I came up with, I was way too compassionate. Right. To be able to to do that, I felt the kids way too much to be able to well, teach you, them. You and, and had been through similar things that they were going through right. in school. So it's it, and it's it was to teach them in that manner that the school system needed me to be. I couldn't can't be that for those mm-hmm. kids. Hundred percent. I ha- for me, I I with teaching them, I realized that I have to be involved mm-hmm. more so than those eight hours at school yeah like i i would want to help them and that's what once again pushed me to my purpose and realizing that even though yes i did love that job even though Mm -hmm. yes i did love teaching even though yes that was at a time a passion of mine my purpose was to be pushed a little further Mm -hmm. and that teaching was a stepping stone for that purpose so i applaud teachers oh you guys i've been there ever I so slightly mom, for you know, a brief some of moment. The stuff my mom has to go through. Right. It. Although it's it doesn't seem crazy on the outside, but 
you know, I can't imagine what's dealing with some of the parents that, right. you know, some teachers <laughs> have to deal with, you know. Right. Some of the parents we have to deal with. But, you know, it's it's a different monster. It's a different beast. It really is. And it just takes a different type of human to be able to pour into the children and deal with the with politic the po- politics of it. Of it. And, mm-hmm. that's, and that right there was the reason why I couldn't continue was the oh. politics mm-hmm. of the school system. Mm. Honestly, the politics of a, of a public school and even a private school fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll say it right now, right here. I'll be the first one. The politics of a public and private school setting, the politics of the, the school system, system mm-hmm. in America is fucked up. Yeah. And even 100%. though they like to preach that they always mm-hmm. put the children's best interest first, no, they, don't. they do not. They put their budget I'm first. I'm sorry. They put their budget they put first. Their budget they, first. Put, they put they how much the money mm-hmm. the um, superintendents are making first. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was teaching, the biggest scandal was they the school system decided to release the amount of the money pay. that mm-hmm. everybody was making. They uh-huh. had to make it public. Yep. And when people saw how much the superintendent made versus them, yo, when people found out that Uh them as teachers were getting paid less than the librarian, the part-time librarian, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are like the politics Mm -hmm. of the school system. Completely. Fucked. Also, what they also didn't notice that I did notice because I had eyes. We had a, a um, a, a, what do you call them? They're not teachers but we had a, a teacher's aide no a professional a guy who worked at the school mm-hmm. who was working in our IT department mm-hmm. who did not work at the school but he was getting paid like there was a name and was I don't he like know, system I system administrator I'm telling I'm telling you that there was a John Doe <laughs> that was getting paid $40,000 a year that never worked at our school <laughs> I went around asking everybody. I went around and asked the IT department who this person was. Mm-hmm. And they and he's head of IT for the school. Said I never heard of him. So then where's that $40,000 going? Right. <laughs> and why aren't we giving it to the system? system? But that's a story for a different day. But, but yeah. either way, mm-hmm. the politics of a school system, of the United States education system, is fucked. Yeah. All the way up. I, I um, you know, the podcast I watch or I guess YouTube channel I watch frequently, um, you know, they talk about their school system there, and it's in the UK. Mm-hmm. And their level of schooling, their standard of schooling, is drastically different. Oh, my gosh. I remember I watched a podcast of, like, teachers talking, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how, like, for the school system, they had to be – audited for like their first like three or four years where here in america i believe they only have to get audited like a couple times their first year and maybe a couple times if the mm-hmm. when if i was that, when yeah. i was teaching my first year mm-hmm. i never saw the principal in my classroom Could never saw them in my classroom well clearly your principal didn't give a crap anyway i mean so. yeah so but but yeah. you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like but over there, he was mm-hmm. like, yo, we're getting audited literally yeah. almost weekly mm-hmm. for the first, like, three or four years. Because there is a standard, and it has right. to be kept. Right. And if it's not kept, then the teacher is removed, and a new one who meets the standard it's is, put, is put, in place. put in place. And 
I also understand there's quite a teaching shortage in America anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, COVID didn't help it at all. Yeah. But the ones who have a calling to be teachers or want to be teachers are plagued by the system that they would have to teach in that they don't want to be teachers anymore. Right. And so there's so little teachers and staffing shortages and, you know, all that stuff. Like, I, and don't get me wrong, it's not like some of these people raising hellions aren't, you know, helping because they're not getting paid enough to deal with things like, I don't know, that teacher in Newport News that got shot. Right. That's horrible. Like, I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. But also, like, it's a two-way street. If teachers are pouring in, so do parents. It's not the teacher's job to parent, and it's not the parent's job to teach. Right. That's why there is school. Right. And so there's a gap there. And here's a little mindset that I want, you know, some people to understand. People who aren't with the whole teaching shortage and teachers should get paid more, mm-hmm. they typically call teachers what? Glorified babysitters. I don't know about you, but when I was a babysitter, I charged $10 a head. So we're going to do some math. I have my calculator out. Mm-hmm. $10 times in a standard classroom, you have about 28 kids. Uh-huh. That's $280 per hour. How many hours is the school day? Eight? Eight. Mm-hmm. That means in one school day, they should get paid $2,240. That's seven days a week. Sorry, not seven days. Hold on. 10 times 28. 28 times, times eight. Five days a week. So it was eight hours a day, right? Oh, yes. Times eight. Two th- yes. Mm-hmm. Then the times five days a week. Mm-hmm. That's $11,200 a week. In Virginia there is a minimum requirement of 30 33 36 mm-hmm. weeks per year mm-hmm. that's four hundred and three thousand and two dollars four hundred three thousand two dollars mm-hmm. a year that they should be making that they should be making mm-hmm. if they're glorified babysitters why is that not happening why is that not a true number why can't that be true and then I, and, but the thing is, though, if if we did pay teachers even close to that. Do you know how great our, our school education system would be? You know how many teachers would school. care? Teachers would go back to school to, to be not better, only further yeah. their education. But for their students. But they'll do it for their students. Teachers right. can afford supplies right. for their students. Right. I'm, Without I'm not asking understanding. the school board. There wouldn't be mm-hmm. a teaching shortage. Because people would actually want to be teachers because they're getting paid fairly. Right. You want to call them glorified babysitters. Well, why don't you stand up and, and, and pay them, pay them the way that they believe in the rights that right. they have. They have right. As a teacher, you can get paid. I think the most I saw someone get paid, new teacher, straight mm. out the gate. Mm, I wouldn't say new teacher. I would say probably within their first five years of teaching. Yeah. The most mm-hmm. that they got paid was about 40 to fifty thousand dollars a year right and that's not just a year but it's forty fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars but that is split 
over the whole year. Mm -hmm. Meaning with some teachers, when you sign on with some school districts, you have the option to get paid during those, let's say it's 36 weeks, during those Mm -hmm. 36 weeks to get paid Mm -hmm. biweekly, or you can spread it out to make sure you get paid over the summer. When you do the second option, you're getting paid less in each paycheck. Right. So with that being said, teachers are bringing home probably 14 maybe $2,000 a week. That's about what? 20 what? 28 to $4,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Rent as alone what? $1,200? If they're by themselves. If they're by themselves. If they're providing for their own family. More and, than and that. notice by their own pe- Like, come on. Right. Who can make a living off of that? Mm-mm. I get paid more than, than $50,000 a year, and I can still barely make a living. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So barely withstand a household. So I feel like teachers. We love you. We love you. We're happy that you found your purpose. Mm-hmm. And you continue to do. What you do. What you do. Um. With that being said, this was good. Um, you know, reflecting on it, it's it was a good episode. Um, I know we do peaks and pits. <gasps> Ooh, yay! Peaks but and pits. do we have any? Do I have any? I know that I'll have some by our next episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a peak and a pit. Ooh, I have one. Which one do you want first? I don't know. Whatever you're My pit is I have to get my wisdom teeth taken out. And I don't (laughs) want it. (laughs) Another one. Um, Mm -hmm. My peak is realizing and continuing and being aware of my further growth towards my purpose. Because having that realization is good. Awesome, yeah. And it's been good kind of realizing that. So. Yeah. Um, Pit was uh, work today. That's all. And the peak was the excitement I got of hosting our first episode. Which is fun. Which is cool. I know. We are available on a lot. Oh, of listening platforms. Yeah. I, be, I believe it is. Soul at I told me you. When you told so me. it's currently Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, um, kind of like all the major ones. There was another one. iHeart. iHeart Radio. Pandora. Pandora. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so um, it's getting out there. Kay. Share. I told when my dad said that he posted our stuff, I panicked. First, I choked on my coffee. You did. Um, then I told you when you choked on your drink. True. Um, and my TikTok, I have gotten like five or six new like followers. That's good. Panicking. I'm panicking. <laughs> and, um, you know, like people liking Mm -hmm. the post Mm -hmm. um also dad great job at the song you picked true um a song by nf could not have been a better fit um to the setting but um 
it was like intense right. to hear all Shout of those things. Shout out to dad for doing that. You didn't have to bring that up, but thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm too scared to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did when he posted it, though. I did share it to my Instagram story. I shared uh-huh. nothing. And I don't know why I reposted it on TikTok, but I didn't, you know, like share it on Facebook or anything like that. Um, he did that for us, but. But we want to thank you for doing that. Yes. Um, we want to um. thank you guys for listening. Share, leave reviews, comments. Um, so, yeah, with that We really look said, forward to doing this. More and more, more. and more. Um, stay tuned. Our next episode will be posted, Monday. posted on Monday. So, um, yeah. Thank you so for listening. Yeah. And have a good night. Love you. See you. Bye. Love you. See you. Bye.